You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we're going to talk about Superman and Lois. But before we do that, let's meet our cast for this week. So, starting off, uh, he is a guy that is usually on our ESO mothership, and he has joined us to talk about this series, and that is Michael Gordon. Howdy, Michael. Howdy! Happy to be here. It's been too long. Uh, I think last time I was here, I was talking about Supergirl. So yeah, I, I guess right you know, continue, <laughs> continuing the super trend. Oh no! Actually, I think it was Gotham. That was way too long ago. Right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it's good to have you back on the show. Thanks, man. So how have things been going uh, on the mothership? Oh, you know, we're we're still cranking it out. I think, uh, you know, we're we're doing double duty, as you well know, because you were on uh, this past episode. We're doing having to do like two reviews every episode now because there's just so much content being thrown at us. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we've got so many TV shows, so many uh, streaming shows, so many movies that we're it's just you know, our cup runneth over. So, yeah. uh, so, but it was really, uh, great to have you on the last show talking about umbrella Academy. So, um, that was really fun. And, uh, I am happy to be here to talk all about Superman and Lois. Yeah. It's all, uh, yeah. It's always fun to be on the mothership and yeah. Umbrella Academy is a show that kind of took me by surprise. And so I was glad to talk about it. With you guys too. <laughs> we were glad to have you as well. So, but you know, I'm a DC guy. So if it's a DC show, I'm, I'm usually there for it. All right. Very cool. Yeah. And, um, Good to have you back on the show, Mike. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right. But yeah, next up, uh, he is, I'm dubbing him our DC expert because we don't have one anymore, although Mike might want to wrestle him for it or whatever. And that is Tom. Tom, welcome back to the 42 cast. Uh, thanks for having me, Nathan. Uh, so uh, what's new and exciting for you? What's new and exciting for me? I am uh, at, a, at a specific place in the uh, country, Southeast. As you can see from the Mickey Sorcerer's cap. Yeah. So I've been chillaxing here for end of summer vacation, as mm. uh, one of my friends dubbed it. Although it's been working because I keep getting, you know, nothing like getting a call from your boss when you're on the uh, Sky Tram. <laughs> it's like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm on vacation. <laughs> then you leave me alone for a little bit. Well, they know, but they don't care. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah but uh yeah no that's cool that you're spending some time in disney the the happiest place on earth even though as we talked about uh you know maybe not once the plague hits (laughs) but uh the guardians ride is the bomb it's like space mountain on steroids oh very cool yeah i went i want to say in 2016 anyways around around about that time period maybe maybe 2017 but uh yeah it wasn't the guardians ride yet 
Um, so I haven't gotten to see that. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Tron, which was supposed to open last year, but probably not going to open until next year at this rate. Oh, so they're adding a Tron ride. That's cool. Oh, yeah. It's the same one they have in Shanghai Disneyland. Okay, Light I've seen Shanghai. I've seen video of the one in Shanghai. Yeah, I think it's Looks called Lightning. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm a Tron. I'm a Troniac. <laughs> we 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 have to do a show on Tron uh, because I am a, I am a big fan, even though um, Tron Legacy wasn't necessarily the movie it needed to be. I still enjoyed it quite a bit. <laughs> Well, and I know that a lot of people didn't agree you with me. Wanted it to be. <laughs> well, no, still needed it to be because it didn't make what it needed to to like wow the Disney oh, execs well. and stuff. So, so no, no, no. Like I was all nostalgic out. Like I was just like yes, yes. And all my friends are just like, oh man, it sucked. I'm like, no, it was great. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so. I, I I saw it four times in the theater. I mm. loved it, and uh, wow. the father son theme resonated. My dad had passed the year before, mm. so. It hit me in that sweet spot. I miss that animated series, man. That animated series was a man. Well, that's what I was about to ask. Did you see did you see Tron Uprising, the animated show? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Then yeah, we definitely oh, yeah. need to do a podcast then because the fact that that story is unfinished like really hurts me, especially since they got Bruce Boxleitner to do it. And it's just like, oh my God, it's Tron. It's really Tron. They mistreated it the way they aired it. I mean, they ended up moving it to like midnight. Mm. See, I didn't see it until it was over. Like I watched it on Hulu. Oh no, I watched it as it came out and then Mm. you had to hunt for it because, you know, hashtag Disney. Yeah, I didn't know about (laughs) it until it was over. And then I was like, oh man, they didn't end it and it it needed an ending. (laughs) But uh, all right, yeah, it's good to have you back on the show, Tom. Glad to be here. And finally, you know him as the man we love to hate. He is the guy that <laughs> he's the guy that can't stand Pluto, and that is Ryan. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm indifferent to Pluto. I, I'm fine. I'm better, doing better than Pluto. The know, dog so. of the planet. <laughs> yeah, the, the planet. The planet. I, I I have zero interest in Pluto, and that's apparently the problem. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm telling you, you just get your buddy Neil on the show so that we can debate him. <laughs> yeah oh yeah let me call him up right after this uh, podcast yeah uh-huh. <laughs> no. i don't know weren't you having you were telling me one time you were having dinner with his assistant a dragon con so not you his assist- no 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 uh it, um uh uh leanne lord who does the uh, the star star talk podcast uh was there um so i don't know if that counts as an assistant or not okay. but yeah she, she did star talk with him and uh yeah so that was what three four years i don't remember what year 20 what was 2019 29th god <laughs> i if like if you if you'd said like 2014 i'd been like yeah that sounds about right you know <laughs> but yeah i'll pass along a note for you, <laughs> you know? so so what's been going on for you ryan oh uh you know no, nothing much just trying to get by in the world um i'm so gainfully unemployed uh, which is fine by me, but my wife is starting to get a little tired of it. You know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so just, you know, uh, looking there. I did actually sign into my website to try and start fixing it up when I immediately noticed that I needed to um, update it, like every functional app or whatever needed updating, and I ended up destroying it for about two days. I don't think anyone noticed. I think it was fine, but yes, <laughs> Geek Stranger was offline for two days. Don't panic, anyone. But it's it's uh back up now. But there's there's no actual new content no, yet. No new content whatsoever. <laughs> you know? 
So your last post is still there, your D23 from 2019. Yes. Analysis. <laughs> exactly. And and I But you'll keep hyping again, it. I was right about everything. So yeah. You'll keep hyping your I website. Get, you know? That's right. <laughs> I, I, I'm paying $3.99 a month to host this thing. Yes, I'm going to hype it. <laughs> I could be getting like a a, a, lo- a small fry or something like that from McDonald's, but no, I'm doing this instead. So you're welcome, internet. You, you know? need to do another three. When, when D23 comes this year, you need to do another three-part analysis yeah. <laughs> and only get one or two of the parts done like you did yes, last time. it's perfect. Leave people you know? wanting more. Exactly. That's my strategy, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, it's good to have you back on the show, Ryan good to be back i'm glad we can uh we always rely on you to bring the same level of quality uh you know i mean i like to be consistent if nothing else you know (laughs) yep yep all right so uh those of you who listen to the show know that coming up next is normally our five minute controversy but as you also know sometimes we substitute that with talking about a movie trailer so at sdcc this year the trailer for wakanda forever premiered and since you know if the stars align properly this episode will drop before wakanda forever actually comes out in theaters let's talk about uh let's talk about it so um you know i'm gonna be up front on this one i saw this trailer and i was like that's it uh you know i got almost nothing out of it okay namor's there but that already leaked so that probably would have excited me if I hadn't known that, but I knew like a month or two ago that he was going to be on there. And otherwise it's just people standing around. Conversely, when I looked on Facebook, everybody was praising the trailer and saying it was the greatest thing they had ever seen. So I'm just kind of curious how people feel about it. <laughs> you know, what, so, what so this thoughts? is the five minute controversy. Uh, right. Well, I mean, I'm not <laughs> going to tell you when you can't, it's not valid. I was just like, I don't, I don't get it. Cause I was like, wow, like I'm usually used to Marvel giving me something more than this. And I was really surprised that, you know, it's just people standing around. But um, yeah, so um uh let's go Ryan, Michael, and then Tom. So Ryan, what were your thoughts on Wakanda forever? Uh I like the trailer. I mean, it was the first it's, it's built as a teaser trailer you know and that's, that's yeah but two and a half minutes is kind of like yeah you can call it a teaser trailer but it's a real trailer well, teasers it's, it's are like teaser. usually 30 seconds and just the logo yeah. and maybe like one little clip <laughs> yeah but you also have to realize it's also released at you know san diego comic-con mm. for a teaser trailer i felt like it was if whatever you want to call it uh, i felt like it's completely successful it introduced the characters it didn't give anything but it's not supposed to it's just to, supposed to make you want more and it did um I do think it, uh, the only thing I got out of it was that I suspect it might occur or at least some of it might occur during the blip or during the snap, uh, whatever we're calling it because of uh, like literally the only dialogue and the entire trailer about, you know, my entire family uh, is gone. Um, I feel like this trailer, this movie is so emotionally charged for so many reasons that it's being analyzed under, under a microscopic lens that, that uh, no other trailer has ever been or, pro- or may ever be uh, as analyzed uh, to that degree, you know, in, in, in any time to come. Um, and I know, you know, the, this isn't supposed to be controversial, but it is because it, it, it hits on, dude, should they have recast? Shouldn't they have? Uh, you know, where are they going to go with this franchise? And that's all valid discussions that we've had many, many times. But Disney decided not to recast. So here we are. And they're, they're moving forward with this. And so I think everyone was just holding their breath to see what was going to come um i i 
yeah, I saw it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I was going to see it anyways, but now I legitimately want to see it. They've, and honestly, I think uh, Kugler was perfect, uh, is a perfect director to, to introduce Namor. I just honestly, I just hope they do a little bit better with the, the um, special effects. This well, time. yeah, everybody criticizes the special effects of the trailers for Marvel, and I just always roll my eyes because I'm like, they're not finished. They're the, this, you know, they're not the finished effects. You know, well, no, that's what, no, that's what I'm saying. The, the effects in the trailer were better, in my opinion, than the in fight uh, in in Black Panther. Um, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like they're going to be doing a, a better um, special effects. Hopefully, if the trailer is okay. any indication. All right, I'm just going to make one point, and, that, and that's the only point that I want to make about the issue of, of recasting and whatever. It was still possible to not recast and not kill off the character of T'Challa, because they could have just said he's on the moon with Steve Rogers and <laughs> then still not kill off the character, you know, and then it leaves the door open later if they do decide, okay, enough time's passed, we can bring in a new actor as T'Challa. That is, and it does, because it's obvious from the trailer, T'Challa died, right? You know, everybody's standing around, they're looking sad. It's like, this is this is their reaction to T'Challa dying in the same way that, you know, people were sad when Chadwick Boseman died. So, you know, it's kind of like... I mean, it it's it's Marvel. If they ever want to recast or, or bring him back, they can. And, you know, they, they right, will. Right, they just, can. You know. But I, as I've said before, just because the comics do bad things, the movies don't have to do those same bad things. And bringing their characters is- back is the worst thing that the comics ever do. And that's why I don't read comics anymore is because of that. The movies have done it like a half a dozen times at least. I know. Already. And I hate it every <laughs> time. I never want yeah. that nonsense. It's like, I, I hate the cyclical nature of comics. Tell a story yeah. and go forward. Don't go back. That's why I stopped reading them. You know? <laughs> so anyway, all right. Yeah. I stopped because I went broke, but whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. All right, Michael. <laughs> what do you think about the trailer? Well, to be honest, first of all, I don't usually watch trailers uh, because oh, I, I just like, I like, yeah, I like to go in cold. I like to go in cold. Look, and with Marvel movies, you know, there are some franchises. All you have to do me is do is tell me the day and time I'm there. Doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. you could show whatever. Like you could just show a logo. You could just. I don't need anything to let me know. And especially for a movie like Black Panther sequel, because that first one was so amazing. Um, but I mean, I had to get. I was curious. I had to get caught up in it. So yes, I did download it and watch it as shortly after its release. Which like, like almost like 170 some million other people did too uh, within the first 24 hours. I mean, this thing was, and this wasn't just fans. I mean, I think we forget that the fans are really interested in Black Panther, sure, but Black Panther is a movie that transcends fandom. Mm. Uh, and and this trailer is for them, really, I think more than it is for the fanboys because the fanboys already think they know everything, right? They think they know who's going to be in it. They think they know this, that, and the other thing. And they're all, you know, complaining about which what what Marvel should do, whether they should replace the actor or not, then the character, whatever, you know? Whereas the fans are like, I think most of the fans are like, you know, the actor's gone. So is the character as far as we're concerned because they were so tied together in a lot of fans, in a lot of viewers' minds. Um, and that fits right in with what Marvel's doing right now anyway because they're obviously turning the page on a lot of the older heroes and, and going with younger heroes. So it just makes sense that they would do that for this one too. Um, I like the imagery that I saw. Uh, it was the first time I really saw the new Namor or the MCU's version of Namor. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, you know, I, 
I obviously, you know, with the soundtrack using uh, uh, Tim's cover of um, Bob Marley's uh, No Woman, No Cry. I mean, it's just pulling those emotional strings. And no matter how good, bad, whatever, whatever happens in the movie, uh, Black Panther, we're kind of forever is going to be, I mean, bring your tissues because it, it's going to tug at your heartstrings. And that's what I think this teaser told us. It's like, this is going to be an emotional movie, maybe one of the most emotional movies that Marvel's ever put out. All right. Tom? All the feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, the trailer, I mean, it did everything it needed to be. Um, I too was hoping, I personally was hoping for they to pull some kind of ancestral plane mumbo jumbo that the T'Challa soul could swap with uh, Killmonger's, you know, cousin Killmonger and Michael B. Jordan could take over the role. I doubt that that's going to happen, but that's what I was kind of secretly hoping for. Mm. But I think it did everything it needed to, to be. Uh, the fascinating thing is we just saw, I mean, T'Challa's in Avengers 3 and 4 and then um, two, Avengers 2 and a half, a.k.a. Civil War, and then his own movie, and that's it. But because of who Chadwick Boseman was and the impact he had on people and the fact that Black Panther 1 became such a cultural moment for uh, one of my fondest memories uh, a friend of mine owns a comic shop in Lake Forest, California, and I would do a Fourth of July parade in uh, in the heat. And a couple of times, you know, the first time Green Lantern, so much fun in freaking Fourth of July. And but after Black Panther came out, I did Black Panther. There's nothing like having little white kids give you the Wakanda Forever salute. I mean, this wasn't just a movie for African Americans. Everybody got into this movie. There will probably be conference papers for, uh, you know, and book chapters written about why did this strike a cultural uh, chord, not just with, you know, with Black folk, but with everybody. Mm. And uh, so I I trust Ryan Coogler a lot. I mean, the dude knows what he's doing. And his I've seen all his films. It's not hard because he hasn't made that many, but all of them have been really good. I'm fascinated by some of the pushback that the MCU version of Namor has gotten because they went with, you know, they went with a, a Latin actor, a Latino actor. And it's like, dude, Atlantis doesn't really exist. I mean, <laughs> we don't know what Atlanteans look like. We know what artists drew Atlanteans to look like and gave them this quasi Asian look. And, you know, I was secretly pulling for Keanu Reeves, but Keanu's doing <laughs> fine on his own. <laughs> doing his thing. So, um, but no, and and uh, Ryan, I had never thought about uh, the Queen's speech, uh, Queen Ramunda giving that speech during the blip when obviously, you know, we, we saw T'Challa disappear, but if Shuri did too, that, because I'm like, you still have a daughter. Why are you saying my whole family is gone? Well, but there's also the possibility that they could think Shuri is dead at some point because of something that happens. We do see that one scene where Shuri's in the throne room and water is right. like filling up in there or something. You know, it could be something where the queen is giving the speech when she thinks her daughter is dead and then Shuri will show up, you know, later and it'll be like, oh, she's she's still alive. So we don't know. And it's interesting that we um, were getting Riri Williams introduced in this Ironheart. Mm -hmm. So, um, but no, I'm in, I'm in. I just think it's going to be, you know, they they obviously made the decision to kill T'Challa and this movie I think is going, it's it's going to be a public 
display of grief for not just the characters in the movie, but for the audience, because Bozeman died during the pandemic and he's up for an Emmy for uh, what if, but people didn't get it. You know, usually there's, you know, Olivia Newton-John, there's a lot of, you know, postmortems and tributes and whatnot. And Bozeman didn't quite get that because we were freaking still locked down. So uh, I I think it's going to be huge. Yeah. Which will be good because phase four has been disappointing and that's a longer, different conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we might get into that when we talk about the, the upcoming phases. Um, but uh, but yeah, so like the only two things I want to bring up that nobody's brought up is I am absolutely laughing so hard at all the people trying to take that one little shot of, you know, the Black Panther at the end, the costume and saying, it's Michael B. Jordan. It's Michael B. Jordan. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't know like what anatomy you've ever seen, but that is obviously a woman and 99.99999% it's jury. You know, like it, it could potentially be Nakia or Koye, but I really don't think so. It's Shuri, you know, like so. But yeah, there are a I, lot of people. I wanted so bad to be Ramonda. Oh, well, Ooh, that would be that interesting would be awesome. too. <laughs> that would be interesting. God. I mean, because everybody's expecting it to be Shuri, so it would actually be interesting if they put somebody else in there. But like, I've heard, I've heard Nakoya, I've heard Nakia. Well, I think from a story perspective, because Nakia was the one they were saying should take the heart shaped herb in the first movie, is like that makes the most sense. Like, of course, the mother wouldn't want Shuri to take if they have another one, because it's like, no, your brother died, everything, you know, Nakia, you take this. So it would make more story. But because the comic said Shuri, because the black panther later i'm i'm pretty sure that's where they're going here marvel's um, notorious for not exactly following yeah well i know yeah. but big things like that you know like i i don't know that they would they would deviate from that um but uh but yeah um but yeah it is clearly not michael b i'm sorry everybody who wants it to huh. be michael b jordan that is not a man's form okay like it's way too slim okay it's not that's not and michael b jordan's he's 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 a pretty cut you know muscular guy that would be a very different silhouette well uh, it's it's also worth noting they have changed trailers before to mislead you uh regular well, hulk fair. becomes you know oh yeah hulk but people are actually taking that screenshot to say it and then it's like posting a picture of that and saying it's michael b jordan look at those muscles and i'm right. like but, but but no look at those muscles they're not michael b jordan <laughs> so <laughs> i'm sorry people um but uh the only other thing i wanted to mention because as i have just been accused of being a namor stan not too long ago um i have no issue with the actor they cast because namor's father could have been a you you could have established him as any ethnicity and i wouldn't have cared but i hate the fact they're making it not atlantis they're making it something like teclocan or something like that that has like an aztec sort of feel to it because there are two things Namor needs to be the avenging son of Atlantis, and he needs to yell Imperious Rex pretty much nonstop. <laughs> and if it's if it's Aztec-based, it is not Latin-based, and therefore he is not going to say Imperious Rex. And that angers me to no end, because ah. I have been waiting years to hear Imperious Rex, and he's not going to say it, and that 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 bothers me. I want... And it's, the, the reason is... The real reason I hate it is because they're like, oh, well, people will think we're ripping off Aquaman. I don't care if people think you're ripping off an Aquaman. They're wrong because Namor came first. So you shouldn't care about that. You know, (laughs) it just makes me so mad that that's the reason they changed it. I just think it's ridiculous that they, that people, 
they don't trust people to realize that this is a different comic book company. They can have an Atlantis too. Right. It's like how many other fictional worlds have had an Atlantis? It's fine. We don't just assume that it's the same one Aquaman came from. Yeah, really. You know? Both the DC universe and the MCU have moons. Right. <laughs> like, it's like <laughs> they, they all have London. They all have New York. They all have Paris. So it's like, come on. They both used to have Captain Marvel's. <laughs> yeah, that's true that's true but legally you're not allowed to say that anymore yeah. but uh, <laughs> hey you're getting winged ankles what more do you want you know <laughs> i mean so I, I'm, I'm making it out to be more than it is like i'm mean, still gonna watch it i'm still yeah. it's thinking his personality right like that's the other thing though he's gotta be a major douche like you gotta if they try to make him like oh he's really nice and all this i'm gonna be no no, they got it right. Good. <laughs> as much as people loved the X-Men's Quicksilver, it was the Avengers Quicksilver that was right. You know, like, <laughs> that was the right Quicksilver, and then they killed him off. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm hopeful that they will get Namor right, even though, you know, they've they've changed a lot of the details. But uh, I will say I am disappointed that he's not from Atlantis. Um, but yeah, as far as the actor, like I say, like, they could have just made the dad you know, Mexican or whatever ethnicity they wanted to, to justify whoever they cast in the role. That's not a problem to me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I wanted it to be Atlantis. All right. <laughs> Talked enough about Namor. We're going to get into that later when I do my Namor podcast, but um, <laughs> he's my favorite character, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been our, uh, it by the Namor. Uh, yeah, fighting. Ooh, <laughs> nice title. I haven't come up with the title yet. I haven't come up with the title yet. All right, but yeah, this is the end to our uh, quote-unquote five-minute controversy. Uh, but uh, we will talk about Superman and Lois. Uh, but first, we're going to pause for a promo from another fine podcast. Do you like podcasts? Then you're going to hate Thunder Talk. Tasteless subject matter. Mature humor. Contempt for our co-hosts. Unapologetic social views. Edgy music. And total irreverence for the nerd junk we love. Are all reasons why no one. No one. No one should listen to Thunder Talk. Find us on the ESO Network. And all podcasting platforms. Or don't. Whatever. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we are talking about Superman and Lois season two, which we thought was part of the Arrowverse, but apparently is not anymore. <laughs> so we're going to get we're going to get into that a little bit later. But uh, first, let's talk about uh, Superman and Lois. And Mike, Michael, you were not on our uh, first season Superman and Lois show. So just as sort of a broad overview what did you think of season one of superman and lois uh i love this show so much more than i ever thought i would uh i don't think i've ever really loved a superman series 
Um, I like Superman. I've watched a lot of Superman series, but I don't think I've ever really loved a Superman series. I watched, uh, you know, I think the closest I came was was Smallville. Mm. Uh, I stuck with it to the end and I I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, um, but uh, no Lois and show, Clark. Uh, no, I did not watch Lois and Clark. Oh, uh, sorry, I did not. I was not. Uh, was not. Uh, that was yeah. That was. It was a time when I just. Uh, I had a hard time watching any TV really. Oh, okay. Uh, but um, yeah, and I've never. I don't think I'll ever go back and revisit that. Um, so uh, you know, but um, thanks, Dean. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> um. I, 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 and I liked uh, Tyler Hoechlin and uh, Elizabeth, right? Elizabeth Tillich, um, yeah. I think, as uh, Clark and Lois in the yeah. Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked that. I thought they were great. So, and then I thought, okay, well, we're getting a new series. Um, you know, it's got kids in it, of course, you know, da, da, da. Um, it's a CW show. So it's going to be a family drama with superheroes. And that's, you know, okay, I'm signing, I'm on for that. Uh, but then that first season, what we got was so much more. And I finally, I think, saw a Superman that I, I don't think I have seen and I've wanted to see more than I, I care to admit. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Tyler does such a great job, but the way they treat him, I think it's one of the most powerful Superman that we've ever seen. Uh, the way his powers work and what he does and the way he flies and lands and punches. And I mean, it's just everything that he does is so powerful. And, and yet Clark is so gentle without being a stooge, you know, like he's, he's really a a great, like the both sides of him are really cool. And, you know, all these people complaining about how the movies are getting Superman wrong and doing, making him dark and all that kind of stuff. It's like tune into this. And this is the Superman that I think, that we should that we want and we need right now because uh this is an amazing one and season two um you know it had its bumps but overall i thought it was pretty solid um i mean we're getting into spoilers yet or no oh yeah so yes if 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 for some reason you're listening to an episode about superman and lois and have not yet seen superman and lois you might want to turn it off now and actually watch the season before coming back it's okay we'll wait for you I really appreciated, you know, they've, they've, they've sort of like, not only have they just lost, I mean, I knew first season, I was like, this is not in the Arrowverse. This is not, they are not, there's nothing here. I mean, they're, you know, they keep talking about how, you know, Cal is the, <laughs> is the only Kryptonian and the brother shows up and I'm like, what about cousin? And that she's never, and I'm like, okay, this is, you know, they've, they've actually uh, severed those ties. And then, you know, and I and I thought that for the longest time. I'm like, okay, I'm okay with that. And then Diggle shows up and I'm like, I don't understand what's going on here, but whatever. Uh, they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, is what they're yeah. doing. And uh whatever. You know, I doesn't it doesn't uh I think mar the whole show. I, I love the way that in the in the second season they give us that twist because all of us, you know, comic fans thought we were so smart and thought this was like after the first two episodes, we're like, it's doomsday, it's doomsday, it's doomsday, and then it switches into into bizarro and i mean it's one of the best bizarros i think i've ever seen live action uh and and uh could ever hope the for and uh yeah well that's true that is true but um it's pretty solid and they had a lot of fun with it um it's too short 
run for Bizarro himself, but um, we'll talk all about that, I'm sure. But I, I really love this series, and uh, and I love the CW stuff in there just as much. Like I, I was surprised that I would love all the stuff with the kids and the other families and all that kind of stuff in Smallville, but I I do really find it interesting. I I like the characters a lot, and I'm invested a lot and more than I have in a CW show in a while. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I told Tyler, well, I met him at C2E2 one year and I told him you're my favorite live action Superman because, yeah. you know, like I, I think that he does bring all those levels and, and, you know, as much as, and I mean, when I was young, I saw the Christopher Reeves Supermans and I understand why a lot of people have the love for Christopher Reeves and Christopher Reeves is certainly a great Superman, but I felt like his Clark was a little too goofy. And I think that exactly what you said, like, like not only does the Superman speak to me, but I think that Clark is just like this really solid, good man, like comes off like very well in the show. And I think that that's what makes Tyler's Superman different from previous portrayals is that he's got both sides of Kal-El slash Clark, you know, in there and in so well. And, and the funny thing to me was reading the article recently where he said he has never watched another Superman thing in his life. Like, and he doesn't want to now until, until (laughs) he finished, like until he's done, he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to watch any other portrayal because I don't want it to affect my performance. I'm like, wow, you nailed it without like having seen anything else about Superman. Like, bravo. I am I am so old because I grew up with George Reeve. No, <laughs> like, so, uh, but but I mean, I was there, you know, and Chris Reeve made his debut. And look, Chris set the bar. I'm not knocking him at all. But these in this time, you know, I think there's a lot of writers and a lot of people in both in comics and in movies and whatever that feel like everything needs an edge and Superman doesn't work mm. in this post and modern environment or whatever. And I really give a lot of credit to Tyler, the writers, the producers of this show, because they have shown how Superman can work in a world like this. And uh, I I think it's amazing. I think they're not getting enough credit for it. Yeah. I mean, take note, Zack Snyder. I, you know what? I, F you, Zack Snyder. <laughs> like, like that, that ship's already passed. Like that right. ship has sailed. Like he had his shot and he right. blew it. Like right. this is this is a superman. All right. He'll stick his Twitter bots on you. Be careful. Right. <laughs> no. All right. So so yeah, one of the things that you brought up, uh, Michael, was one of the things that I wanted to talk about, which is sort of the you know, relationships in the show. And we mentioned in the episode we did on season one that it was funny just how non-CW it was. Cause even though they do have the kids and they do have the relationships, they never went into that melodrama level. Um, in the first season of being like, oh, this is just ratcheted up for the sake of just having people shout at each other. You know, there was none of the CW like, you're not my mom, you know, and just storming off or whatever, you know, like, or we are through, you know. But this season, maybe it migrated a little in that direction. So I'm just kind of curious how everybody felt about like sort of the dynamics um, with the family, you know, before we get into like sort of the super stuff and sort of like the out of, you know, uh, the the science fiction side of Superman, like, well, how do you think they handled like the family dynamics? Uh, so let's start with you on this one, Tom. Are you talking about the Kent family? Yeah, the Kent family. I'm sorry. Yes. No, I, I, I thought that uh, they handled it fairly well. One of the reasons that this show works so well, and you have to be hardcore WB slash CW fan to know this it's smallville meets everwood 
because <laughs> Greg Berlanti's first big television show was Everwood. And the pilot of Superman and Lois is the pilot of Everwood. Gregory Smith, who played Ephraim on Everwood, is a producing director on Superman and Lois. In season two, they brought up they brought over Rena Mimon. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, but another senior writer producer on Everwood. So the whole idea of, you know, of, of a father transplanting his family to the middle of nowhere because of a wish from his from a dying relative. In this case, it's Martha Kent. On Everwood, it was Brenda Strong playing uh, Treat Williams' late wife. It's Everwood. And instead of one, pet, well, the, he's got two He's got two kids, but one's the petulant kid and one's the emo kid. Mm. You know, on Everwood, you know, Ephraim, played by Gregory Smith, was the petulant kid. And uh, then we have, uh, you know, we have the two brothers, you know, one's emo, one's, you know, seems to be like a Superboy type until this, you know, the big misdirect of season one was surprise, Jordan's the one who has the powers, not Jonathan. Mm -hmm. I was kind of hoping that they had to be in each other's vicinity for right. That's what all that's what all of us thought was it's like, oh, we I'm figured like, this out. Twins. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. They have to be together to do super twins. Yeah, super stuff. So they yeah. got rid of that. I, I wasn't happy at first that there were two boys instead of one, but I can see why they did that. Um, I'm a big Superman fan. I too, Michael, we are of the same generation. So George Reeves was my first live action Superman. Um, the thing that I appreciate about many of the different takes of Superman post-crisis, the real crisis on Infinite Earths, not that inferior Arrowverse version, is that post-crisis with John Byrne's reboot, which we're still following in a lot of different media, including the comics, is that Clark Kent is the real persona, Superman is the mask. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Batman, it flipped. Batman is the real persona, Bruce Wayne is the mask. Mm -hmm. And the Batman followed that to a T, which is one of the reasons I'm not as hot on that movie as everybody else is. But I love the fact that we, you know, Clark is a good man. And in the comics, when they when they reintroduced the Burn Superman back into the current continuity with a son who has powers, that made him interesting again. And all the people say, Superman's boring. It's like, give him a 10-year-old son and all bets are off. Because, you know, and one of the boys says it in the pilot. It's like, you're, when they find out the boys, you know, are angry that they didn't tell him. It's like, you may be Superman, but you're an awful father. And that's kind of the tension of the show. And it's great. And the way that uh, Tyler, I believe the pronunciation of the last name is Hecklin, but the way that Tyler and Bitsy play off each other is great. I believe them as a couple. Mm -hmm. One of my college classmates is like, I hated her on Grimm and she's so good in this. And I'm like, dude, it's the writing. She doesn't write this stuff. When she gets good dialogue, <laughs> act her butt off. But I just, I'm, I'm in for the show. I agree with everything that Michael said. Just... This is the Superman show I've been writing for. I, As much as I love the Christopher Reeve movies, one and two, we won't talk about three and four, <laughs> and five is right out. <laughs> but, well, five never got made. <laughs> well, Superman Returns is five. That was part of the problem. Oh, well, okay. Hey, but let's it's not make Christopher a direct Reeves. sequel to a movie that's decades old. and they well, <laughs> Yeah, but it wasn't Christopher Reeve, so that yeah, kinda, but Yeah, but Brandon Ralph was channeling his inner Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Um, I think one of the problems is that Clark, they make Clark Kent such a bumbling idiot 
and that's that's a residual from the Silver Age and some of the cartoons and comics. I don't like that because Clark needs to be as capable a reporter as Lois to be her competitor. That's one of the things I liked about Lois and Clark. Michael, if you ever decide to watch Lois and Clark, stop at season one. The rest is... <laughs> but that first season was really good, even though the two actors did not get along at, well, at all. Dean and uh, Terry hated each other, evidently. But um, I just love seeing this come out. And I love the, the family aspect, especially when they brought in the fact that when they brought in Natalie as a, as a full-on lead season two, the fact that we have this, you know, this thermonuclear family where you have, you know, a dad, two boys, a wife, and then the alternate reality husband and alternate reality <laughs> daughter. And I thought the episode where Natalie and Lois had to work through the, their stuff was, I thought it was quite perceptive. They didn't end it just happy, but they, they had to find how do we fit but I love the fact that we got a really good portrayal of John Henry Irons, especially after the Shaq movie. <laughs> hmm. Scary. Uh, I want those side, two hours of my life back. Sidebar <laughs> from the studio that released Shaquille O'Neal and Steel and Halle Berry as Catwoman, we won't release. <laughs> Bad girl. Bad really, Dad? That's, the, really? that's what I've really? been saying. Come on. Um, but I love the family dynamics. They got just, there was, there was a little bit of CW stuff. I'm not sure how I felt about the addiction plot line and the super, the steroid thing and whatnot. Mm, I, I've talked to some of my students and evidently that is a problem in high schools these days that, you know, when, when Michael and I were growing up, at least that wasn't a thing like it is now, the pressure on, on, on teen boys to perform Mm -hmm. superhuman you know athletic feats so i thought it lasted a little bit too long personally i thought they dragged it out that was one that would have benefited from a shorter story arc you could have had you could have done the same thing and had because it felt because they have shorter seasons although longer than some shows uh it felt a little dragged out but the bizarro stuff i loved i mean just in terms of bizarro in the comics has always been played as a joke and mm -hmm. you know me am so stupid Mm -hmm. But I love the fact that he was a real, he was a sentient being. He wasn't a joke. And also Allie basically being the parasite was, I mean, the way that they kind of, especially after Supergirl strip mined so many good Superman stories and supporting <laughs> characters and whatnot, I was delighted that they found some things that they could go to that hadn't been ripped off and kind of put their own unique spin on it well and, i mean to be fair supergirl did do a bizarre episode and yeah, you know so they so, so so but the thing is this is the one advantage of them not taking putting it in the Arrowverse is that they can sort of reset all the stuff that supergirl already took and say no this is the superman and lois version of whatever character like you know they can you know even though i loved uh, Lex Luthor on Supergirl they can have a completely new Lex Luthor on Superman and Lois or they can do any of the various villains you know their own Metallo their own whatever that they already did that on Supergirl but now they can do something different on Superman and Lois with the same concept so that is the advantage um, yeah, of that. I, I, I call shenanigans on the whole we're on a di it, it, I we're, think we're, we're, 
pin on it pin on it we're gonna have a whole topic (laughs) on that we're all gonna we're all gonna chime in all right uh ryan so what do you think about how the family dynamics were portrayed and even though we said the kents i mean you can also bring in um you know the cushings also and you know sort of you know the family stuff there like how cw did you feel like this season went more in the cw direction Oh yeah, absolutely. But not to the detriment of, of the show in the slightest. Um, I, I felt like they found a, uh, a good balance. Um, this show is, is heart, you know, every other arrow, well, every other CW superhero show has tried to form, you know, team flash team arrow, blah, blah, blah. This is family. This is family super mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and, and that makes, you can feel the difference uh, on the screen. And it's like, um, it's like we were saying or as was being said about natalie uh coming in it, like the chemistry everyone fell into the role so perfectly immediately that i like there was a time or two i was like man i really hope they hooked them up wait no 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 um you know, <laughs> yeah, i had to think about that for a second <laughs> they shared genetics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. but they're clicking <laughs> so, you know but yeah uh so i mean there there was a time or two you're my half sister but it's for another universe so it doesn't count it doesn't count <laughs> we're, no. we're out of quantum shift or something it'll be fine <laughs> No, they're in a small town, you know. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but not in Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, yeah, we don't think, yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I literally was like, the, for a half a second, I was like, man, Jonathan and her make a great couple. No, <laughs> you know. But um, you're making us uncomfortable, Ryan. Please move on. <laughs> well, that's then I had to remind myself. I was like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but you know, uh, at least or better than the girl he is with. I don't like that her, her character, the the dealer. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and yeah, that was where I thought another arrow, like what I thought was going to be an Arrowverse connection, because she was like her dad was a criminal in Central City, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah. there's going to be a Flash connection, you know, like and somebody we've seen in the not. Flash is going to come to Smallville, you know, one of the villains. No, that never. I happened. mean, they they clearly you can tell from season uh, that decision was made somewhere between season one and season two, obviously. Uh, right. All in all, I, I feel like uh, the the CW ness of the show, the family aspect of the show, it works for it. I I, I love it. It adds. Um, a dynamic that I'm I'm really enjoying that none of the other era maybe I just had burnout from you know era of uh, from Flash and Arrow and so forth mm-hmm. but it works there and the only time that I would say that they came close to taking it too far was the whole um, um, Kyle Lana breakup you know are they back to, are they together are they separate yeah but at the same time while I was like oh, I don't know if I enjoy this I it felt real. That's that's the how I felt, you know. It's like I'm, I don't necessarily like the storyline, but it's well written, well executed. And I can't fault them for doing it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, my two cents on this. Uh, so first of all, I laughed when they did the Bizarro Universe episode because I was like, oh, so this is if the C if this was a normal CW show, that's what this show would be like, where you know, like Jonathan's like, uh, oh, like you won't let me use my powers, Dad, and you know, like. All the all the family and Superman just wants like you know all the likes you know and it's like he's all just about like the fame and everything and I'm like oh yeah this is this is if this was a normal CW show this would be the the dynamic of that um, I do have to say I preferred season one uh, as far as like the dynamics and I think that um, I, I'm gonna say it again. I really wish they wouldn't do big bads and super villains and whatever. I would just watch this show if Clark was just stopping like villain of the week 
and and we were just doing the super town because i feel like what happens is they'll start some plot line and this happened in season one too some sort of family thing and then it's like we sort of ignore it after the midway point of the season because now there's super stuff to do and it always feels really awkward like the whole thing with alex's not alex i'm sorry friend of the show alex garfin who plays um <laughs> plays jordan. jordan kent um you know like the whole thing about his depression and everything we sort of like put that to the side and in fact when he was on the show and we talked about it he said like oh no that's not uh, like that's not gone because it's like so was the impression supposed to be that once he discovered his powers like really the depression was just because he didn't have like his powers and now he's he's like no 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 that's coming back and then season two comes and goes and we still haven't addressed jordan's depression again so i'm like is that just gone now like like after they treated it so well in the beginning of that first season and I'm like, people don't just like, okay, I'm better now. So it's like, unless you're going to link it to the powers, like, I don't get that. And this season too, I felt this thing about, you know, um, Jonathan and his problems and everything. It was kind of like, it sort of petered out. And then we kind of in the last episode or one of the last episodes kind of addressed it again. And we're like, oh, okay, at least you're honest now. Okay, we're going to sweep it under the rug and pretend it never happened. And it's just like, again, it just felt like, again, they were setting up something and it felt like, okay, this is a real story that a real family might have to experience, except this family has powers. And it just feels like they they it feels like those don't mesh as well um with uh with the rest of the the story you know they want to tell two different stories one about real life and one about super life and i don't feel like they've melded those together as well as they could over the whole arc of the season um that being said uh, i have to agree with you ryan that the thing with the cushings even though i didn't want it, it i think it was well written um as far as like like a real dynamic of you just broke something and you can't fix it and you might want to you know because the normal arc of a show would be oh she finds out but because it was something he did in the past and he had already stopped that will be like the thing where it's like eventually she'll reconcile with him and everything will be okay and we end the season and i don't think everything's okay like yeah they did sort of do some stuff together but i don't think they're back together that's literally into the end of the world. If nothing's going right. to pop you, yeah. And I think that's a real thing when somebody feels that yeah. betrayal like that, that it's just like, you know, like you can't always put that back together no matter, you know, what kind of amends you've made and apologies you've made and whatever, like, you know, so yeah, it, it was not great, but, um, you know, it was it was what it was i mean i feel like the jonathan stuff, so the reason i brought the cw though is i do feel like the jonathan stuff dragged out a little more than it needed to be and it felt a little more like that you know like uh i'm just mad and upset for no reason kind of cw stuff where people just have conversations they could fix like their problems really quickly and jonathan and you guys are 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 right because i don't think they handled it as well they that that they should have but to me it really, to me, should have tied into the fact that he was jealous that he didn't have power. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they they never really seemed to go that far with it. And I was like, that's probably at the core of it, but they never went there. And, you know, even first season, I was kind of waiting for Jonathan to kind of break out in some way. Uh, I knew that the, you know, and, and in this one, they give him, you know, that arc and everything. And it's, you know, it's understandable that he's going to do that. But again, they tie it, they, they say it's more because he wants to be a good, you know, player and he wants to be on the team rather than he wants to, you know, be like his brother. And, uh, I wish they, like I said, tied it in more with the brother and the jealousy and everything. But to me, uh, the actor and the character, well, 
not the character himself, but the actor really showed what he could do when we saw John L, uh, the Bizarro mm. part. And I'm mm. like, this guy is chilling. He's cre- like, he's creepy. Like this actor is really good yes. at being bad. And I don't know if that's going to be in the future of what his character is going to be like, but damn, like he put on a heck of a performance and impressed the heck out of me. And now we're going to go back to sort of like just old Jonathan. And I'm like, please do something. I don't want him to be full out villain, but do something to give this kid some, like this something to more to play with in, in the next season. I was shocked that one of two things didn't happen. That either A, the ex-Kryptonite was going to somehow kickstart Jonathan to have powers. Yeah. Or that B, he was going to merge with the other Jonathan. And that was how he's going. And so he would become like sort of a darker version, but because they're merged together, he wouldn't be quite as nasty as the other Jonathan. And so it would be sort of like he's a rebel, but he's not like bad, you know, kind of thing. But like they didn't do that either. And I was really surprised. Again, this is this is where I, I like this show because I yeah. liked the fact that one brother had powers and one didn't, but I was afraid that because there'd be so many fans saying Jonathan Kent needs to have powers because he has powers in the comics that they were going to figure out some you know MacGuffin to give him powers and I'm kind of glad that they stuck with their guns and was like no he's not going to have powers I, I think they're all yeah we were all waiting for that shoe to drop and it I think they're like no it's not going to drop now I think after season three we're going to be like yeah I guess that's not going to drop and then season four he's probably going to get powers <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well if, if we have a season four HBO you know now that, well, now that Warner Discovery is axing everything sure sure, sure. <laughs> But they did. I, I do agree that there seems to be like this underlying sense of jealousy where he's concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always yeah. thought there's been a time or two I thought, oh, they're going to have him go, you know, the John Henry route, maybe with armor or something like that. He's still going to be a part of it. But I got to say, probably like low key, one of the saddest scenes for me was uh, I, I'm, I'm maybe I'm misremembering this wrong, but um, it was when, you know, uh, Jonathan ends up. I, I think it's at uh, the the desert uh, um uh fortress of solitude and like oh you know mom this is your other grandson you know it's like yeah i've got another one too (laughs) don't know if i've ever mentioned him right the whole idea that he takes like vacations just with jordan like they just go off and do stuff i was just like that's really harsh it's like oh well you don't have power so you don't matter i'm gonna do stuff with my my real son the one that has powers and i'm just like how can you not but i think but see i think this is part of the thing that like the show i think does well is like superman as good as a person of superman is like superman is not necessarily a a perfect parent and like because he shoulders so much response like that's what speaks to me as a dad is the like the idea that because you're shouldering so much responsibility you sometimes screw up the dad part and i that speaks to me on this show and i think that and i appreciate that that it's like you're trying your best and sometimes you screw up because you're working too hard. Like you think this is for my family, but your family perceives it as you're not spending enough time with us or you're not doing things with us or you're doing things wrong or whatever. And it's like, that's very real. And I and I feel that. And so I, I think that the show has done a good job portraying that. Um, and, and one of the most like, intense scenes was when clark blew up at jonathan like that was Mm -hmm. that felt real and it felt like had had a lot of weight to it and i think that's the other thing i mean no matter how they're writing some of these characters 
the actors are doing such an amazing job bringing them to life and giving them that little extra uh, so that when you have scenes like that, where it's like, um, well, you know, other actors might not have been able to pull this off as well. I mean, you, you get a scene like that and yeah, the Jonathan story is not the best, but man, we don't get a scene like that if we don't have that. Right. Yeah. And there was that scene in season one where Lois goes off on him for not being safe yeah. enough. And like that thing of like the terror makes you a like the fear for your child, like doing something stupid makes you mad. And as you shout at them, I'm like, oh, God, that was so real. And again, she just brought that profile. I, I think all of them are doing such a great job bringing the family stuff, you know, uh, to the fore. Um, the other thing that I don't think we've talked about so much as far as relationships go is. I thought for sure we were going to have some prolonged thing between Jordan and Sarah with the girl that Sarah kissed at the camp. And they teased that because the girl comes back and Sarah's like, well, I still want to be friends with you. And I'm like, oh, God, this is going to turn into a soap opera of, you know, Jordan's going to get jealous because she's spending time with this girl. And blah, blah. And then the girl shows up and then she's just gone. And I'm like, what was that? Like, you guys didn't like do anything there. I'm glad. Because believe me, I don't want that nonsense. And the stuff with, with Jordan moping after Sarah for like, you know, nine episodes, I didn't really need that either. But like now at least that she knows, it's kind of like, okay, I think we can finally just sweep that, you know, that stuff gone because the whole reason for there to be, you know, miscommunications and bad stuff between the two of them is gone. So hopefully that that will be more stable because I, I don't like the soap opera stuff you know I, I i can do without that and kind of that kind of that same thing is that you know they they seem to want so badly to make us think that clark and lana are gonna hook up and, and i don't know if that's just because the actors have like such great chemistry or whatever but every time the two of them are alone together it looks like they're gonna kiss and like, <laughs> you know, those two have some weird natural like it's really strong natural chemistry and it seems like they set up these scenes and i'm always like Whew, when it's over because i'm like thank god they didn't go there because i do not want that you know plot line either and uh even with the john henry irons and lois i was worried with them in the same house i was like oh god it's gonna be like clark's gone for a while and he's just kind of like you know lois you need a man around the house and it's just gonna be like oh no you know so they've they've managed to keep that stuff from happening all my all my fears um yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to jinx it, but like the love between Lois and Clark is the underlying like foundation of mm -hmm. this show. That that is absolute and true. And yeah, I, I, I Lana and Clark have great chemistry, and you do get that. You know what could have been almost. He clearly has great affection for her, and she for him. And you 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 also get that sense that you know like. You, when they did, I don't know if it's season one or season two, I think it's season one, where he came back to town after, you know, discovering his abilities and figuring out everything he can do mm -hmm. and saw Lana with Kyle. And like in the back of Clark's mind, it's always been, you know, what could have what could have been there if only I'd been sooner or something like that. Um, and yeah, I definitely there's chemistry between Lois and uh, John Henry, but I, I never once doubted either Clark or Lois uh, yeah. in, in this show. Well, that's what feels so weird because, like, the first episode of this season, there's a scene because I remember tweeting about it where, like, Clark and Lana are around or close to each other on the table. And it looks like two people who are about it's, it's set up like a romance like scene or whatever. And, like, the, it's like the showrunners want to tease it so bad. And I'm like, but it would feel so wrong to do that in this show. And so it's like you never quite believe it's going to happen, but it seems like they want you to believe that it's going to happen. And that's the impression I keep getting from yeah. them. Um, I've never wow. considered uh, it, that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I see that they have chemistry, but even in those kind of scenes, I still think, you know, Tyler's doing an amazing job playing Clark. Like it would never occur to him to 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 go in for that. Like I just like it like his his love for Lois is just so strong. Like there's nobody else for him. But oh, Lois, I always assume that's Lana pretty would clear. Initiate. <laughs> and that could be, you know, that could right. still happen. Cause look, she's probably like, damn, I could have been with Superman. Well, <laughs> like, there are several like, scenes what? this season after she finds out where she's just staring off into space. And I would say yeah. to my wife, she's thinking of super sex yep. right now. Yeah, she's thinking man. of super sex. I'm like, man, I, I could have had that. Like she's probably like thinking, whoa, but you know yeah and she's mad at sarah and is like you can't be with jordan because she's like you're not getting super sex if i didn't have yeah super sex. How, how could how could you go back to kyle after that like it just be like no kyle you're just no matter what you're not no hey tal rose single you know i'm just saying <laughs> oh man um so yeah, uh, let's uh, let's talk about Bizarro Universe and uh, all the stuff around Ali and the medallions and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think uh, Michael and Tom, you both talked about uh, Bizarro and the portrayal of Bizarro in this. I was kind of interested in the idea that they built a whole universe around Bizarro. I know in the comics there was like a Bizarro world at one point, mm-hmm. but even then it yeah. wasn't like a whole universe. And a lot of times the things that I've seen, he's like a clone of Superman that got like botched or whatever. And so that's sort of like how Bizarro came into existence. And so it was kind of it's kind of interesting. I liked a lot of the stuff they played with for the inverse world. And uh and I liked the fact that they were like it's not opposite. It's inverse. So like people who were good weren't bad in the other universe or whatever. It's more of just like everything sort of tops you. Like their priorities are weird. Like Superman still saves people, but he's he wants the fame, you know, just like so like yeah. different from like how Superman operates in our universe. And my wife couldn't get past that everything was a cube. Like she was yeah. like, but physics. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny if you knew my wife for her to be the one yelling about physics but she's just like it doesn't make any sense but and that's I was like that's what makes it bizarre man right i know it's just like just go with it just go see this is not the stuff that bothers me atlantis not being atlantis bothers me uh- <laughs> i love the idea that it's the first time like because in the comics like you said we always get like me not like good or whatever mm. you just get this but this is the first time i think that we've got a bizarro that just speaks backwards like he does mm-hmm. the same like he just speaks like normal but it's backwards and they need and the whole world speaks that way and i really thought that was a really cool way to separate this bizarro from kind of the silliness that was in the comics the other thing that i like that they did is they would take the theme for the show and play it backwards when yeah. bizarro was yes. on the screen and so I was like, oh that's a nice touch you know so and and sometimes in the bizarro universe they would do that too i, I liked that the thing that weirded me out is like sometimes people would cross over and it would be like ah oh, you're just speaking like gibberish to me and other times people would cross over and they would immediately like they might like see hear the gibberish but then they would immediately sort of like become fluent in speaking backwards and i was like they never quite explained why that was like why can some people do it and not others and why is it you know like you know like why is it so quick and and everything else i never quite understood that people are different some people are smarter than other people <laughs> you know i mean uh depending on depending on who it was like everyone who crossed over i'm not 100 sure about this but they were super powered so i mean superman can 
learn languages. He can read super fast. So it would make sense that, you know, give him 30 seconds and yeah, he'll be able to figure it out and speak backwards. And so would anyone else with, you know, his abilities. Wait, Superman nice. can learn languages super fast. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. I never, I never yeah. heard that one. <laughs> I know that's the Flash like... can do it, but that's because he has the speed force. So even though he looks like he's going fast, as he actually has to read yeah, all those pages. But like Superman doesn't have the speed force, so I didn't know that he could. But he can read. He, he still, can still speed yeah. read. Well, yeah. but wouldn't it just be like the pages are going by really? Like I didn't think his brain worked any faster. I thought he just moved. Oh, faster. it does. Oh, yeah. okay. How, then, yeah. Then why is he only a reporter? Because <laughs> <laughs> dude, cause he was like born slow. and raised in a small <laughs> town. <laughs> they had small aspirations for you him. Could, you could you could be a super genius, man. But anyway, yeah. Well, right. instead of going to all those classes and learning all those languages, he was on a farm. I mean, yeah, he <laughs> could just the easily... work in the fields. Yeah, he could also conquer the world, you know? Right, but what I'm proposing yeah. doesn't change his moral sense. It just takes advantage of his mental capabilities. <laughs> I know he doesn't. I don't know. So really, Superman is like the world's biggest slacker. You just don't know because you don't. <laughs> Dude's got a lot on his plate. Uh, right. yeah. It's really, really like he just lives an effortless life. It just seems hard to us. Um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but that isn't that the eternal dilemma of Superman? I mean, like we like like we he can either be Superman or he can be Clark, but he can't really be both at the same time. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah. So um the other one that like weirded me out was like for some reason when Superman crosses universes like months pass, but like for everyone else it seems like instantaneous. Like no one else loses time when they cross universes because I kept track of that after they said like oh like when you cross universes like months passed and so I was like oh that's interesting so like there's a delay whenever we see, see somebody go through a portal that means like you know months will pass and it's like no like it was immediate for everybody else um so that was sort of strange well yeah well that was see? I mean he was the first one over and then and then while he was there that's when she became like she merged and i just felt like that's what was bringing the two worlds together yeah and so yeah it wouldn't take that long yeah but it should still take time before i mean even if it's less time it should still take time if it took time because the worlds didn't get close together until like the very very end like they were just slowly moving together i mean i I don't worry about it i mean i guess it's a stickler but i mean they could have explained it but they could have just hand waved and said like she can now open portals and go directly there like it it, would have been easily explained Okay. Talking Allie. God. Yeah. Yeah, he's talking yeah. about Allie. I like yeah. uh, pulling the talking about here. Allie's Allie's cult and her thing. I thought it was really interesting because that's that's old time old school platonic philosophy, the notion that you mm-hmm. were half of a complete being. And the timing was kind of interesting because uh Allison Mack was being sentenced for <laughs> part that weird cult. And I just like, oh, did you guys really? I just thought it was fascinating. <laughs> but the notion that um, this new version of 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 uh, of Lois's younger Lucy. sister, of Lucy Lane, and some people were complaining about character assassination. That's not Lucy Lane. Well, yeah, it doesn't turn. It isn't the Lucy Lane you've previously seen. It is the same actor, though. <laughs> but. Considering how jacked up that family was, I mean, when we get the family dynamics history and, you know, mom abandoned them and Sam, you know, was not the greatest father and, you know, absentee dad, blah, blah, blah. 
But that was, I mean, aside from the the whole extra dimensional twist, people fall for all kinds of crazy cults. And why not that one, especially when it's based on, you know, ancient Greek philosophy. Yeah, uh, well, that was one of the other weird things of why why go particularly to cast Jenna Day One as Lucy Lane from Supergirl, only to then say it's not the same. You know, this is just part of the weirdness of the whole thing. Is like they brought back the same actress, but then they're like, no, no, it's not. It's not the same universe. Because I thought, because as much as people were complaining about it, I was like, well, she says she had a failed engagement and career, and I was like, oh, so they're saying basically after Supergirl season one, when Jimmy breaks up with her, that then like she must have gotten like discharged from the army, and like so bad things happened after that. So I thought it was still tying back to Supergirl season yeah. one up until so i didn't think it was i just thought that like she just hit a really low point because her you know if your fiance breaks up with you and then you like you know get <laughs> dishonorably discharged i'm assuming from the military for something you know who knows what she did i'm like you'd probably go to a very very low place so i could totally see her going to a cult or whatever because you know these cults all promise like oh everything will be great you know, once you know, this case merge with your other self in this other world or whatever. And so, you know, a lot of people buy into that stuff because it gives them some kind of hope for a life they yeah. felt as hopeless, you know, before that. So I thought that that part felt real. You know, uh, the thing about it is, is <laughs> yes, she was a villain, but I don't know if this one really qualifies as even a cult because, like, she was kind of right. There were <laughs> two universes. There is a different version of you. You know, you can be merged together into that one. I don't know if it makes you a better person. I didn't. It clearly didn't with Ali. You know, and there wasn't. Uh, you know, I mean, typically with cults, you, you there's as mentioned with Alison Mack, there's there's sex and money, and there was none of that. So, <laughs> well, and that was the thing that's ever. One of the things I was struggling with this season is I'm like, even though Ali is a bad person, they never sell the fact that what she's trying to do is wrong until the very last, it's almost like the last scene of the last episode where Lois goes in and says, did do you, did you actually find happiness? And she says, no, because up until that point, I'm like, you guys don't know if merging the universes is good or not. Like you have no clue, like, you know, but we're going to stop it anyway. And I'm like, but, yeah, I kept expecting them to say like, "Well, what about the people that don't have another version where their right. version died?" Right, and that's died? what I was thinking. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was thinking about. And they were going to say, "Too bad for them. They're right. just yeah, they're going to disappear or something." I thought, okay, that's the justification. But yeah, it was so easy. I don't know why they didn't do that. Right, because yeah, that was the that was the thing I was struggling with was just like because I didn't see. I was like, yeah, we're fighting this really hard, but it's like, do we need to? Uh, and yeah, I, I, yeah, that, that part, I think they didn't sell very well within the context of the story. Um, I mean, I liked the story and I liked like yeah. the, like the small, all the events that happened were neat. But when I, when I would stop to think about the big picture, I was like, well, you know, wait a minute. And that, and also I kept criticizing, like, you know, why don't you pick up the phone and call Barry or Kara to help with this <laughs> stuff? And then, and, and we're going to segue soon, but, but I'm not going to, but, um, not yet, <laughs> not yet, but yeah, like, um, so how do you guys feel about like the counterparts? We already talked about Jonathan, but how do you feel about like the portrayals of the various counterparts in the in the other universe? Um, and Michael, why don't you start us on that? Um, well, uh, I thought, like I said, I mean, Jonathan was a standout for me. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I think uh, Lana's was obviously uh, pretty, pretty cool. Um, 
the one thing that I did get a little bit like that didn't really do much for me was uh, uh, I can't remember his name now, but um, but uh, Gerald's brother, uh, who's integrated in this season as well. Uh, you know, we do some things with him. We have this like whole arc where there's, I think it's this season, right? Where there's a bunch of like military Superman or whatever. Um, and I thought that storyline was pretty interesting, um, but it was not, you know, the main story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but I thought it was really, really interesting, the stuff that they were doing there. Um, and then, you know, to get the the brother involved and then the show what he was like in the alternate or in the bizarro world or whatever. I, I just am not like if they, you know, if he stayed, I guess he's staying over there, right. Mm-hmm. With the bizarro world, like just stay there. Cause I, he doesn't do anything for me personally. Yeah. Uh, so he's one that doesn't really, yeah. That doesn't really work for me on the show. Yeah. I would... Cal Rowe? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Cal Rowe. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't really, um, and to be, you know, I know, you know, they're probably going to take my, uh, DC, uh, nation card away from me, but okay. I, I wasn't aware of Allie Alston as a comic character being the parasite. So to me, I, she was just a completely new character for me. Um, and I think the message that she was telling was not, uh, you know, was, was not, I, I wasn't concerned about the message. The message could have been good or bad or positive. It was the way that she was going about her business and the way that she was doing things and people and hurting people and, and abusing people and, and quite kidnapping him, lying to him and all that. That's what made her to me a villain. And so, yes, whether or not she was right or not about the whole thing, that's, that was like, that, that's not the point. The point is she's just a bad person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, and the fact that she's bringing both worlds together, I I don't, I don't trust that at all. Like, I mean, it might've been cool for the two worlds to come back, but to come together to merge, but not under her control, not under her, like not with her doing and being the main person responsible. Uh, I wouldn't trust that at all. Well, the funny thing was once Kryptonians merged, like she wouldn't be the most powerful person. She was only more powerful when the Kryptonians were set, but like anytime anybody with Kryptonian powers merged, like um, if uh, Kalro merged with his other self, he would have been more powerful than she was. Um, so I, yeah, I, 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 and so that's was another thing that I thought was weird. Cause like, yeah, I thought, you know, well, maybe she, I mean, cause she seems to genuinely think this is the good thing to do. And it wasn't necessarily about like, I need to be on top at the end. She didn't have to worry about that though, because she had killed. I mean, the other, but the Bizarro Clark Kent, like Kal-El, like died, and then she killed off. Oh well, I know, but she she seems regretful when she kills the Cal Rowe. She did wasn't she obviously didn't care about the the Clark dying, but right. the um, but she she's like I have to do this only because the medallion was broken. Like I need your power. Um, so it seems like that wasn't part of her plan. As far as we know, they're the only Kryptonians, so she right. doesn't have to worry about others merging and be more powerful than her. Right. No, after that, she doesn't. But yeah. I'm just talking about her original plan. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, hey, Tom, uh, any thoughts about uh, sort of the bizarro world and uh, and uh, Ali's, you know, Ali herself, I guess, as the as the main villain? No, I thought um, what's funny, that same actor was on another show this and I can't remember what it was. I could never recognize her. I think she was under some makeup or something. But um, no, I, 
for me, once they revealed that, you know, what she was doing, she just became a version of the parasite with all these other extra trappings in. Um, I thought the the visit to the visit to Bizarre World was really interesting because it wasn't just played for laughs. I mean, there were some fun things going on there. It was it was good seeing John L as, you know, wearing the uh a Superboy uh, Prime. The reign of Superman, well, the, the reign of Superman, men, Superboy type costume, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, he acted like Superboy Prime, you know, little little sociopath. But um, Lana was inexplicably really harsh and evil there. I really wanted a backstory for the bizarre Lana because it's like, why did she even have Kryptonian? Like, they never explained why does she have no. Kryptonian powers either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was just really kind of a non sequitur um maybe she did hook up with <laughs> cow, in that, cow in that universe and something happened um i i wonder begs the question was there a john henry irons in bizarro world mm-hmm. that this version could merge could have merged with because he's an import from you know earth whatever um it was interesting. It was interesting to see it played for more than just laughs and cheap joke. And you know, they did two volumes of Bizarro comics uh, back in the either late nineties or early aughts. Toward the end, she just became your typical megalomaniac. Yeah. So I wish that you know, because at the beginning, you know, when she's an earnest cult leader, and like somebody said, there's no sex and no money. You know, we could see why somebody like a Lucy regardless of this, if this is the Supergirl Lucy or a, a new version, could fall for it. But when she started doing all that underhanded stuff, it's like, ah, oh, no, you're evil. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not me, it's you. <laughs> um, but um, I did like the, the things they did with the language and the visual cues and whatnot. I thought that was kind of fun. And uh, toward the, I guess in the finale, when they people were phasing in and out was kind of cool. It's like uh, somebody watched Fringe and really enjoyed it. Right. <laughs> well, you know, they kept, they showed like a few times where like like somebody like phased out of a car or whatever, or just like landed on the road because like right. they had shifted, you know, I was like, there should be people raining from the sky as they shift out of their airplanes, airplanes. and stuff and they didn't show any of that. <laughs> um, that- there's not much air traffic over uh, Smallville, so right. you know. <laughs> well, they showed a plane disappear, and I was like, well, "What about all the like all the people shifted at the same time?" Like, you know. Well, uh, to be fair, like the mo- uh, I mean, Clark warned everyone, so maybe they grounded all air traffic. Yeah, you know, no, I would have made like a neat visual. Uh-huh. I think though, if like yeah. you know, the people started falling, like somebody had to save them or whatever, you know, because they just or, fell out of their plane, just disappeared. It's like, what are we gonna do? Yeah. Oh, you know, we. You know what we haven't talked about is the general who replaced Sam, played by Anderson. Uncle Derek. Yeah, General Anderson, named after Murphy <laughs> Anderson, comic book artist, uh, played by uh, the actor, the original, the, the original young Hercules, Ian Bowen, who was the uncle on on Teen Wolf. Hmm. He was Peter wow. Hecklin's uncle on Teen Wolf. Well, but a bunch of shows I've never seen. we haven't talked about him because he was kind of forgettable honestly (laughs) yeah i wish they hadn't made him so one note until the very end yeah Mm. 
because it's just like I'm, you know, we need a new military foil, and he's not Sam, so he's gonna do evil stuff. Because- I am surprised by how much I like Sam because in other iterations yes. I've seen, I'm again, I'm not a huge Superman fan. I have not read a lot of Superman comics, and I'm not, you know, super steeped in Superman lore. But it seems like all the different versions that I've seen, usually Sam Lane is very anti-Superman. He's a very strong military guy, and he's kind of like, oh, this is an alien. I don't kind of trust an alien kind of thing. And so I have been really happy with how they've been portraying Sam as like this really good, even though he wasn't a great father, he's a good grandfather. And he appreciates like what Superman brings to the world. And, and it's kind of saddens me that, you know, we turned, uh, you know, the guy, um, and is this the guy you're talking about? The one that, uh, like really like was like, Oh, Superman should just be for America. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. like I, I would have liked to have seen that play out over a longer arc, just that issue of, you know, cause then we're speaking to traditionally Superman has been for truth, justice and the American way. And you notice in a lot of yeah. adaptations now, they take that American way out of it, that he stands for just oh, no, truth and they, justice. They originally, that. they officially replaced it this year. Mm-hmm. It's truth, justice and a better tomorrow. Right, right. Again, and so, right like, again, people trying to, went nuts. Well, but that's the thing. What I'm saying is our modern conception of Superman is like, you know, to be, to be someone who is pro-justice, he has to look at the world as more of, you know, a global thing and not just look at America. If he has this power, why isn't he sharing it with others? But then to have a guy who's taking it from that standpoint of you're on, you, you know, you, you, you debut in America, you speak American English, therefore you should be for us and, you know, screw the rest of the world. Like you should just act in our interests. And it's like, that's an interesting conversation to have and have that guy be coming out and out villain fairly quickly. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I would have liked that as a philosophical discussion and, and you know, more than just like, okay, well, this guy, just because of his paranoia and everything, like, like quickly went off yeah. into villainhood. And I, I, I would have liked that to have played out a bit longer. More than Johnny One Note. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I agree because they spent like the first five or six episodes, or however, building him up, and it was an interesting conversation. Like, yeah, Superman saved a, a North Korean submarine, you know, mm. uh, but should he have saved the people and then brought the submarine to the U.S.? No, of course not. He's Superman. Um, and but that would have been, and they could have gone to the whole: Does Superman renounce? Does he even have American citizenship? And if he does, does he renounce it? But he's also clearly got this working relationship with the U.S. military, so. That was you're right. I agree. They were going in an interesting direction with that, and then immediately Anderson became a villain, and immediately he is like shooting his way out of his own base or something <laughs> like that. And then, and then immediately once he gets to the other universe, he's immediately oh I was wrong, you know, and turns right. into a good guy for half a minute. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's like oh god, yeah. I, I again because I like to think of superheroes in the broader context. Like that's one of the things. Like I think Civil War is a much nuanced story um then then like the movie gave it credit like the the potential for the idea of civil war and about how do you create a legal framework for superpowers and stuff like that and you know i think it's it's there's a lot more debate to have around that subject and yes i get a lot of people would find that kind of thing boring but i think you can tell exciting stories with that as a backdrop um and yeah i was i was a little disappointed that they that they didn't go lean into that a little bit stronger you know i I hope that uh we see you know i mean the next season it's possible i mean as they get you know because i don't think uh grandpa sam is gonna you know be in charge anymore so it depends on who is and it seemed like whoever was in charge uh because who that guy answered to 
was on his side as well. So uh, I I don't think did we meet her? I don't know. It, we got a feeling that it was a her. Yeah, uh, I think we did of, meet her very briefly. Yes. Did, yeah, briefly. yeah. But but he seemed she seemed to agree with him. But the bottom line is, I mean you're stupid if you go against superman i mean you're just you're i don't care what you're you know what flag you're waving Mm -hmm. if you're like you know if you're not with us you're against us superman i'm like all right i'm that's just dumb (laughs) like (laughs) you know let superman do what superman does and you know be glad for like when he helps you out well, it's interesting just because they've they've you know uh, 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 had this uh, a green light. I mean, ex kryptonite uh, that they use in the show, <laughs> so that hum- regular humans can get Kryptonian powers, and so that does give it like a slightly different dynamic uh, that I kind of liked. Uh, my wife and I kept making jokes about green light um, with the ex kryptonite because <laughs> it's like, wait, didn't we have the storyline in Black Lightning too? Um, but. Uh... <laughs> um all right so so um we have our revelation this year um and 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 here's the thing and here's the thing where this is the reason why i think it's a big deal the creators were saying all season long just wait we're going to explain how this fits into the arrowverse just wait we're going to explain we're going to explain and in fact towards the end of the season they're like it's going to be in the last episode just wait we're going to explain it and it's like if your explanation was going to be it isn't connected you could have just released that as a press statement that did not you did not need to tease the fan base for a whole season that there was going to be some explanation of why we didn't see Kara and Barry and all of them in this show, only to have it be that it's, it's a new universe. Well, you could have just told us that. <laughs> I mean, yes, you still could have had something in universe for people who don't read, you know, articles online and stuff like that. But like, don't tease us for a whole year of like, there's going to be some big explanation just for it to be, nope, this universe isn't connected. It happens to have a John Diggle who looks like the John Diggle in the Arrowverse, but he is a different John Diggle. Oh. Okay, that was so disappointing for me who thought there was going to be some sort of story around this. And instead, it's just there is no story. That's the revelation, kids. Bye. So, uh, Tom, I know you've had some thoughts about this. So uh, I want to give you a forum. To I, I thought it was just I thought it was just lazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole purpose of Crisis was to put pretty almost everybody, at least in the in the CW Arrowverse mm-hmm. shows on the same earth. And we had, you know, the Hall of Justice with seats for Superman and Supergirl and Black Lightning, blah, 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 blah. And then for them to basically season one kind of ignore it, except for the, wasn't that Diggle's first appearance season one? Well, Diggle, yeah, I mean, Diggle did appear in season one, but it was the only one of the Diggle appearances that year because he appeared in all the DC shows on the CW that year. It was the only one where they didn't mention the, 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 the box ring. he had gotten box, the ring. and so that was i noted that at the time i was like they didn't mention the box in this one even though they either hinted at it or mentioned it in all his other appearances uh that year i just thought it was a weird misdirect especially since tyler first appeared on supergirl well and the other thing was though like john henry irons is a is a person marooned because his world disappeared in crisis and so that was a connection to the arrowverse also that i thought that oh okay this is a fallout from crisis that that this version of john henry irons is is ended up on this earth but then it's just like no we're gonna ignore that you know and theoretically um 
when Lois was pregnant in crisis, she was pregnant with one son, not two. And then when we start Superman Lois, you know, magically we have two teenage sons. So I don't know. I, Which I they just, even had at the end of crisis, he calls Lois and he says two, two kids or something like that. Something to indicate it was a lead in to the fact that there was going to be the Superman and Lois show because they went from having a baby that she had just had, you yeah. know, before crisis started <laughs> to suddenly he has twin, you know, kids who are teenagers and that was the tease. But then it's like, Oh, but then we're going to set this show on another. So apparently the one, the Superman in the Arrowverse also now has twin sons, <laughs> but we don't but see his infants. adventures. Yeah, I don't know. Right. And he's never heard from again. Right. <laughs> And here's the thing, their stated explanation was that, well, because of COVID, we can't cross over anyway. And I'm like, who cares about a crossover? There are so many characters now that don't have, even before the cancellations that happened this year, there were so many characters who didn't have a show anymore that you could have brought into Superman and Lois because it wasn't a crossover. It was just like, you don't have a show anymore. You can guest star like Kara. That's, well, that, that's what they did with the flash with the invasions or whatever they called that storyline mm -hmm. where they brought in you know guest stars from the other shows i don't know it was just it, it's a nitpick but still it's kind of significant because you've you've spent the whole all that real estate establishing these characters and connections and whatnot and it was kind of like a you know I used to call the new 52 the DCFU instead of the DC. <laughs> this kind of felt like that a little bit. So yeah, yeah I can no, get over I, it. But I wish they had been straight with us from the start instead of just teasing us and yeah, because I was a little disappointed because I was hoping they would, um, since Batwoman got canceled, I was hoping that um, they would have Kate, the original Batwoman, because she had ridden off after season two of Batwoman to look for right. Bruce. And I was like, wouldn't it be neat if she rode through Smallville and like recruited Clark? to help her find Bruce. And that would have been a nice way of tying that up from uh, Batwoman that, you know, she and Clark go off to go find Bruce. You know, because now that Batwoman's over, it doesn't matter if Bruce Wayne comes back to Gotham. Um, and so I was like, that that would have been cool. But that's like, once we find out it's a different universe, I'm like, oh, I guess that's not going to happen. So, you know, but um, yeah. Uh, so, Ryan, what do you think about the uh, decision to uh, separate? Uh, you know, I, I, this is my feeling about it is the divorce. Um, the divorce <laughs> you know, the, the 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 separation the amicable separation um I, I feel like yeah maybe maybe they used covid as an excuse but i i feel i simultaneously i'm sad about it but i really honestly don't care that mm. much they're telling good stories and i'm enjoying it and yeah if they did have all the baggage from the Arrowverse, which i enjoy i'm i'm finishing the current season of flash or the most recent season of flash right now um the, it does give them opportunities to do more. It also denies them opportunities. Sure, they can't use certain story, but they actually they still can because. Well, anyways, but you know they're not. <laughs> but you don't have to always ask. Well, why don't they call Barry? Why don't they call Kara? So right, we're no, I mean that, that is yeah, yeah. I mean for that yeah, so aspect, there, yeah. There are definite advantages. I, I do feel like this was as much a political decision uh, as anything. Be, uh, I, I feel like the CW or the executives or someone. Like you can tell, they're winding down the Arrowverse. There's literally, yeah, they, they are. They, they are bringing the Arrowverse to a close once Flash is gone. Well, all right, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna hold up a finger on that. Justice U is apparently still in development, and if that goes to series, that is supposed to be about Diggle in the Arrowverse training new superheroes. Now, I do think, I think it's going to happen? No, but they have. I said think Discovery's <laughs> gonna spike that, like, a, yeah, yeah, which is sad I because agree. David Ramsey deserves a series. That's just my opinion on it. But uh, anyway. I, 
I would love for him to become a regular on this show or or on uh, any a number. I, I, yeah, I agree. He does. Um, and if they ever went forward with the Green Lantern Corps, he should be in that, you know. But um, oh, oh that's right. You're okay, never mind. <clears throat> what? Oh, no. Okay, never. Uh, oh man, I feel like I'm gonna. I got something in store for me that I'm not gonna like there. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I don't. I honestly don't care. I feel like it's a political decision that they made behind the scenes because there's just this giant Arrowverse fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact of the matter is. I, in my opinion, the caliber of writing and, and performances in Superman and Lois is so much above where the Arrowverse has been in the past few years that I'm I'm really kind of fine with just taking a break from it. Again, this is this is comic book TV, and in, in season four, if they decide they want to, no, actually, it's been in the Arrowverse all along. Here's uh, Grant Gustin as Barry Allen. Yeah, sure, they can find a way to do it, and we'll all go along with it because it's like, oh, you know, we want to see it. But uh, until then, I- I'm fine with this. Yeah. So, Mike, Michael, you said that uh, you know you pretty much already assumed that it wasn't in uh, the same universe. So, yeah, it probably wasn't much of anything for you. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty clear to me after Crisis, and they'd spent all that work on on combining everything bringing black lightning in and everything like that to say like bailing a hollow justice that this was going to be like you know a more integrated cw Arrowverse, if you will and right away with all the shows it's like it's like none of the showrunners of all those other shows got that memo because the 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 crossovers were few and far between they felt forced they they none of them were satisfying that that uh you know and this is pre-covid so they can't blame covid for this to be fair though we only had half a season between the end of crisis and covid so i mean we don't know if it would have like become something more black lightning had no nothing to do with anything that happened in crisis after it was over i mean its last season did nothing um with it and and uh you know the other shows didn't either i mean there were some shows that kind of you know still kind of made sense to to click together like flash maybe and and uh legends um but the the style of superman and lois the style of black lightning um and then the style of later on you know super um star girl and naomi was so different from what they were doing in the arrowverse that it just looked completely different and there was you know, there was no way that it was going to um, that they could reconcile that it was the same, the same show. So or the same universe. So I, it just like right away, you know, when they call when they call Kathleen, like the last Kryptonian and they're like, oh, like all these Kryptonians are coming to fight us. And like there, there's a whole like the Krypton's coming back. Oh, my God, I'm the only one. And I'm like, you're not the only one. I'm like, OK, that's I mean, they made it clear first season. Well, to be fair, though, in Supergirl, they all they all kept forgetting that there was a whole city of Kryptonians in orbit around Earth also. So I'm just <laughs> sure, saying that sure. doesn't necessarily mean anything when they said that, because I was like, because I was always like, Carl, why aren't you calling the legion of Kryptonians you have in orbit to come help you with these situations? And she never did. Yeah, I mean, that. yeah. So, I mean, it, it made it clear that they didn't, like the real integration was not happening for whatever reason. I would love to to read an article on exactly what happened, whether it was behind the scenes, you know, whether Greg and and them got a memo to start breaking it up, or whether you know they the, said the it was completely, of this show. 
They, they said it was um the showrunner yeah, sure, like decided you know. that since he couldn't do crossovers anymore, he's just like, wouldn't it be easier if it was just separate? And then they were like, yeah, there's no reason not to. And that was the, yeah. I, I, I would need to dig up the article again, but I did read an article about this. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw the showrunner of, of because uh, I was looking at it and the showrunner of uh, Superman and Lois said, Quote, I don't know if I would specifically define it as not in the Arrowverse per se. It's more that the events in our show are not taking place on the same Earth as the current Arrowverse. And I'm like, that means it's not in the Arrowverse. Like, it's just like that's that's they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too. And, you know, it's it's a show. It's fiction. Do whatever you want to do. Uh, I don't get bothered by it, but then they would stick like Diggle on just in the in the episodes he was directing, and just to, just to make it like some some sort of thing. And I was like, you know, just whatever. Like I'm not as big of a Diggle fan as you are, so I I can't say that I would welcome a Diggle show. Uh, I have nothing against the actor. The character to me just doesn't warrant a show, even if you put a green ring on him. I don't care. Um, so uh, I, I think that you know the DC. DC and Warner Brothers, movie-wise, TV-wise, is just messed up. Just let them do their own thing. Tell their own stories. Don't try to integrate it. I mean, you know, I know that you tried and you said you were going to, but that didn't work out. So from now on, (laughs) just let them do their own thing. Yeah, there's somebody in the marketing at the Berlanti group that, like, doesn't understand what the term Arrowverse means. Because they kept saying Naomi was going to be the new series in the Arrowverse. And it's like, from episode one, it was like, this is not the Arrowverse. Because they don't even know that aliens are real in this universe. So I'm like... No one gets the memo, and they don't care. Yeah. They they were they, yeah it's like Michael said they were hedging their bets at the end of crisis I mean they at the end of crisis they established Doom Patrol was on a different Earth Star Girl yep. was on a different Earth and that was in an episode Titan, of Titans crisis. was on a different Titan, Earth right yeah. but remember at that Earth, time yeah. Star Girl was not on the CW it was going to be a just a DC yeah. Universe exclusive show so right. like they were basically saying all the CW stuff is in the Arrowverse, but like there can be other things outside the Arrow, you know, outside the Arrowverse. Then when Stargirl moved over, it was like, oh, this becomes like murky now, you know? Well, you know, Nathan, that they put Doom Patrol and Titans on separate Earths and Doom Patrol is a spinoff of Titans. Yeah. (laughs) But, but it's different enough from that episode of Titans that at least that makes sense because they're, they're, yeah. And it's a different Earth, yeah. Yeah. You know, off the top of my head, I legitimately can't think of any reason at the moment that Stargirl and Superman and Lois couldn't be on the same Earth. That would be a crossover I, I would enjoy. Only in the fact that General Lane said, General Lane said there are no heroes. other superheroes in this world. On this world, yeah. Yeah. Currently. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see Stargirl happens in the future. I see. No, but I mean, it's like she's a high school girl. He doesn't know about her. He's been retired for a season. You know, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. There was a there was a JSA. There was a JSA, but you know, uh, well, well, we'll here's just the count them. That's here's Ohio. The this is Kansas. You know? So, so uh, whatever's going on, uh, you know, I, I mean, just to bring the real world into things, like whatever's going on with the cost cutting that they're doing now, they seem to really dislike shows that are made in Vancouver because it seems that they are cutting the shows that are made in. And they even said specifically that the CW, the network, wanted to continue Legends and Batwoman, but it was the studio that said we don't want to pay for studio space in Vancouver. That's what the president of the CW said. So it was the studio that cut a show that would have took two shows that would have been renewed. Superman and Lois is made, and we know they're wrapping up the Flash next year. 
which also has the whole Netflix thing, which I know that Warner wants to pull out of. And so that's a double whammy against the flash. Is, but Superman, is that the last show that they have the Netflix deal with? Well, uh, there's also um, um, All American. All, well, no, because Riverdale's ending next year, too. All American, yeah. I believe, is, is um, but I think it's a Paramount show on the CW, but it is also under the Netflix deal. It's the only show that has the potential for renewal, again, that, that is still part of the Netflix deal. How about its spinoff? No, its spinoff came in later, so it, 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 it does not, it's not part of the Netflix deal. They just seem to be making really weird, arbitrary decisions. It was a certain year. Like, basically, all the CW shows made, like, up to oh, a no, certain I'm year. The, I'm talking started. about the whole, if it's shot in Vancouver, no. Right. No, well, it's, that's it's, my all, fear. it's not It's not weird. It's all money. I mean, right. it's all money-based, and it's all accounting. It's, well, that, yeah. That's my fear about Superman and Lois, because it's made in Vancouver, and it's the last of the DC, DC shows that are on CW that are made in Vancouver that I'm worried that they're going to say, oh, you know, even if it's popular in season three, we're just going to cut it because we don't want to pay for studio space or whatever. And that would be a real shame, I think. Well, I mean, Supergirl moved from L filming, moved from L.A. to Vancouver. It, maybe they'll consider moving Superman and Lois to Toronto or wherever. Well, it's know, Atlanta is where they seem to be favoring. Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta? Okay. Yeah. And so that's the thing. Is everybody going to like like, you know, are they all going to be OK with moving all the way to Atlanta? <laughs> you know do they want to get paid well but there's a lot of opportunities in vancouver that aren't just you know dc shows so i mean they, they can stay there's in vancouver a lot, to there's find a lot of stuff series. filming here too mm. they could actually be in a marvel thing well <laughs> yeah but, but that's also very competitive so you know yeah it's, it's not that know. easy to I pick up stakes you know. I think, uh, you know, I mean, I think everything under the the Warner Brothers brand is 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 scared right now because uh, the guy, you know, with Discovery coming in and they want to they want to cut everything. They don't care. This is the guy who made Discovery Channel like the Honey Boo Boo Channel. Like he doesn't like and he my my understanding is, is that he wants to like get rid of most of the scripted stuff that's on HBO Max and make it non unquote unquote, you know, reality shows or unscripted stuff. Like he is uh, just, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about creativity. He doesn't care. Look, he just dropped a $90 million movie and just because of tax purposes, no other reason, just because it, it, it makes sense tax wise for them not to spend any more money on it. Like that it's, 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 it's ugly. And I think we're going to see some shows end prematurely. This could be one of them. And that would be sad because I, I do think like, as I said in the beginning, like this is the Superman that I've wanted to see mm -hmm. for such a long time. Other than the animated series, this is the best live action Superman that I've ever seen. And I want to see it continue. And, you know, I, I actually, I'm going to um, amend that. It's the best Superman and Lois Lane that I've ever seen. I think she's the best Lois Lane. I don't think we've said enough about Elizabeth's performance either. Um, she is so good and they have such good chemistry together. I, I don't want to see this show end. 
Yeah, I mean, the other thing that I will put in there, though, is that the CW is being sold also. And so every show that's on the CW right now has two, where at least all the Warner ones on the CW have two marks against it, because the new people who are in charge of the CW may say this isn't the content that we want. And Warner may say we don't want to make this content anymore. So there are two potential ways of like cutting anything that's a Warner show on uh, the CW right now. Um, Plus, every streaming, every company that has a streaming service wants so much to keep their IPs and not give it to another so that's why you're seeing warner brothers pull everything from netflix and do all these Mm -hmm. decisions and that why you're seeing that happen with disney as well i mean they're all kind of fighting for this spot um and i don't think it's going to end anytime real soon yeah at least superman lois doesn't have that issue because they do go straight to hbo max when they end so they 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 aren't one part of the netflix deal that cw made years ago um but the the flash because it's such an old series was and so that right that that right. yeah then so they're like yeah we we don't want that content to show up on netflix anymore we want it on hp and it was an exclusive deal with netflix so they now have so many years after the flash <laughs> ends before they can move the flash from netflix to so that's gonna be weird for people who want to watch the crossovers because like <laughs> right. an arrow is on hbo max but still like supergirl and flash or will still be on netflix and it's like you gotta like go between two services to watch the crossover that, that's why that's why you got to still invest in like hard media you still have right. to buy the dvd <laughs> then you'll get the everything <laughs> um, they just um they just there was a promo today for pretty little liars original sin announcing its series finale on hbo max mm, so i think mm. this is one of the early victims of uh the discovery merger and there will be more much more uh, so yeah, uh, thoughts on season three? We know we're at least getting a season three of this show. So, what do you have anything that you want to see that you're like, oh man, like if this is the last season, then they at least need to do this, or just something you want to see because you just want to see it, or or something along those lines. So uh, let's start with you, Michael. Um, you know, I know it's been played out a lot. And I know we just got a great performance, um, uh, a great Lex Luthor and Supergirl. But to have a Superman and Lois show without Lex Mm. at any point seems to be something that's a missed opportunity i mean morgan edge is is just a a a weak lex luther like we need superman needs a lex luther um doesn't need him all the time i'm glad that you know they haven't brought him in yet they've mentioned him um but i i really think that uh if this is going to be the last season if you're going to go out then yeah. I want to see like a real Lex, not a not a Lex that we think is, oh my God, that's Lex Luthor. No, it's John Henry. What? Like, <laughs> stop. Like, don't do that to us again. Like, give us a Lex. Give us an intense Lex, uh, not a jokey Lex. And give us some like a really like scary Lex that we that we deserve to see and we've never seen before. Okay. Tom? Since they've teased Bruno Mannheim. Mm-hmm. Mm. I would love to see some of the fourth world characters incorporated and done well, since uh, I really don't think we'll ever see a new gods movie now that discovery is in charge, even though (laughs) the script was written. Uh, Well, that's just a rip off of Eternals. funny <laughs> hey if atlantis is a ripoff of aquaman you know <laughs> <laughs> jack 
it's it, 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 I actually had a conversation with Tom King at George Perez's memorial service saying it it's it is not just it is not right that we got Jack Kirby's ripoff of New Gods before we get a real New Gods. Hey, and Dark Side's just a ripoff of Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> wow. Well, I'm but, just saying um, that's what they'll say. Like, oh, well, like the public will think that the you know it's the same justification that they used with Atlantis. Uh, you know, is say, say what you want about Zack Snyder's Twitter bots, but at least we got a glimpse of Dark Side. That's in, true. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, mm. and he was. You know, that was one of the frustrating things about Smallville season 10 is they did the acolytes of Darkseid fairly well, but Darkseid himself was let down. And again, the, 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 the animated series did justice to the new gods and the build up. Young Justice has done a pretty good job. Who knows if we'll get yes. another season five of that, thanks mm. to Discovery. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on it. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. Suppressing. What are they going to try? Just turn it into the home shopping channel. I mean, come on. So, yeah, so see, Tom, see. are you saying you want Dark Side? I would love to see hints of the fourth world, like okay. a glorious Godfrey. Like, I mean, because Bruno Mannheim is tied into that. Um, so yeah, there's so many different ways to go. I'd like to see uh, John Henry and Natalie develop as steel and steel. And maybe what would be kind of fun is if Jordan becomes kind of their their guy helping control them. <laughs> well, that was the funny thing was like they also teased Jonathan might put on the steel suit. And like they keep yeah. teasing that Jonathan's going to become a superhero in various different ways and then not doing it. So it's just like so weird. You can become the guardian. He's gonna find a green ring. He <laughs> could be Teen Lantern. The idea, oh my god. We used to make fun of Guardian on Supergirl so remorselessly because like the idea uh, that Kara, as powerful as Kara is, needs some guy on a motorcycle to ride up and be like, hey, cause there's some bad guys for me to punch was so, <laughs> just so ridiculous Laughable. <laughs> but mechad brooks needs like something to do in the show it's like let him take pictures that's supposed <laughs> to be the point of his character oh my god anyway and he still left the show anyway <laughs> ryan I'm is there anything you want to see in season three uh quite i mean if, assuming that they know this is their last season i want them to go all out um i would prefer like if they have like 15 episodes, like maybe like five, three episode arcs and, and mm. do the things that, that we've always wanted. Um, like, for instance, we've had the Arrowverse, we've had all these CW shows, but I don't think we've ever actually seen, aside from maybe glimpses, Metropolis. You know, I want to see, uh, let's let's go to Metropolis for a couple of episodes. Let's see, let's see Jimmy and Perry. You know, maybe, uh, maybe they're the same versions. Maybe they're different. I don't, I'm not, I, I could go either way on that. Um, I also want, uh, you know, a, a short arc, three episodes with Lex, and I'm th I, John Cryer. I wouldn't hate it, but uh, I I want. I don't care so much who the cast is Lex, but I want a president Lex. Mm. Um, uh, something along those lines uh, uh, for Lex. Um, and uh, I want. I know they have to mine source material, but I want villains and characters that don't have the same 
letters for their first name and last name. <laughs> um, well, then you should watch another show. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like, all like that's so let alone DC. This any comic book, you know what's Bruce yeah. Banner, <laughs> Stephen Strange, Reed Richards. Come on, see Storm. I know. <laughs> Peter Parker. Mark, yeah, Lana Lang, Lucy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can go on and on. Um, but uh, and this is the most petty one thing that I want of all. But I, I've been wanting this since, since, since season one. Um, Kyle, uh, who actually grew on me a lot this season, him and his relationship with Sarah. Actually, he actually grew on me a lot this season. But he's like, they've established that they're like sixth generation Kansans. I want him to drop that deep Texas accent that he has. <laughs> I, mean, it, I hate listening to him speak, you know? But other than that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes no sense. It makes no sense, you know? I love that. That's something that only <laughs> someone who's somewhere near the region would like pick up on, but I, I like yeah. that. No um, one else in Kansas speaks, no one else in Smallville speaks that way. And he's well, been there. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair i remember when you were like like sarah's like my abuela and he's like what and you're like what like it's yeah. winter yeah. spanish like it just like comes out of nowhere <laughs> but that's fine um i i gave up on that one this season with the quinceanera that's, right that's yeah exactly yeah. They, they went into it i mean they they, they doubled yeah, down they owned so. it and that's that's right. fine you know right yeah it wasn't just but something that was tacked was on but like yeah like yeah. there was no other indications but um but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, so I mean, Tom already picked one of mine, like uh, Bruno Man. So um, my in my DC universe, my huge. I mean, I grew up with Super Friends, but like my big thing with DC universe was started with Batman the Animated Series, and then led into Superman the Animated Series, and Batman Beyond, and Justice League. So that's sort of like where a lot of my DC knowledge comes from is that huge sort of maxi franchise of animated shows that were all linked together, and of course, like the whole intergang and new gods and you know all of that stuff was all very you know uh well linked together in superman the animated series and also showed up in justice league so yeah as soon as i heard bruno Mannheim, i was like we're going with inner gang you know and so that's going to you know and inner gang is funded by apocalypse you know and so it's like so it's going to be i'm i'm thinking they're teasing that now do i think they're going to have the budget to go full dark side probably not um but it does seem like we're going into that territory and uh frankly with the flash ending they might as well just make diggle a regular on this show like if they want to make him and john henry irons like you know like a buddy cop like sort of like a duo or something i'm i'm here for it you know, have them investigate inner gang together and then they're going to pull Clark into it and all of that kind of stuff. I would I would love that because, yeah, if, if Justice U isn't going to happen and, and the Flash is done. Well, just just bring Argus into it more deeply. Right. Well, that's what I mean. And then Diggle yeah. is your intro to Argus. So like he yeah. and, and John Henry can do something together as like part of an Argus mission or whatever. And, and he can recruit John Henry, maybe or whatever. Hey, they've got an opening in the uh, the head of that army unit. Uh, so, I mean, why yeah. not? Right. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, he's right there. Like, he can go right there. They've already offered it to John Henry. He turned it, it down. So. Promotion. Oh. <laughs> right. It's you know, John Diggle and John Henry can explore why no one remembers any other heroes on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about my brother, Oliver. <laughs> yeah. um, one, th one thing I'll tell you I don't want to see, I don't want to see Doomsday. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I saw everybody saying that, and I was like, I mean, 
I, I don't see I mean I get why people thought that but I was kind of sure. like I it doesn't it doesn't really make sense and I didn't want it either um yeah the, the, threat, I, I... the threat can't be more merger season one is like oh Kryptonians are going to take over humans season right. two was oh humans are going to merge with other humans whatever the threat is in season three it can't be intergalactic or other worldly beings possessing or integrating or merging with with earth well and i don't want the death of like like it feels to me like if you don't do death of superman when you bring in doomsday you've underused doomsday but in season two i don't want them to do death like like if this show runs for eight seasons then you can do death of superman you know like do something inter but like yeah not in season two you know to be fair this superman has been around for what 20 years i know he's been around but our connection with him hasn't been as long right if it's the last season well no i mean yeah and well yeah we'll see what they do with this but i i think going with with apocalypse and connections to dark side is like a powerful enough thing for them to bring in actually oh yes i agree if they did dark side and apocalypse and and considering how much how much we all love this Superman more than Snyder's? That would be just the perfect finger. <laughs> <laughs> that would be yeah, DCEU. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm on board with that now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll see where that goes. But uh yeah, I think I think we're all fairly positive about the show, though. And I mean, we want to see it continue past the season three. And hopefully, I'm hoping that the stars align. That even if, because you know, everybody's saying that next star, if they they are the favored to acquire CW that they're going to want to skew more to older and more conservative audience. But I'm hoping they at least see some value and maybe we should keep one or two of these DC shows that, you know, younger people are interested in, you know, and I'm hoping that HBO max discovery sees some value and maybe it is a good idea to keep some network television presence with these shows. And so I'm hoping the stars align that they're at least say, okay, star girl and Superman and Lois, those can stay. Yeah those can keep going but you know we've, we've tied off the rest of these so um fingers crossed yeah man. exactly fingers crossed. Uh, but yeah i mean as far as what i'm like oh i'm figuring things though i think star girl has a better chance than superman and lois just because it's made in atlanta um uh, but i like both shows i'm not saying that there's a primacy to either one i like both shows but um i think star girl has the better chance if there's only going to be one um but uh all right so uh good talk everybody i uh, really enjoyed yeah. talking about this show and uh now let's say our goodbyes and let people know where they can find us so uh let's start with you michael uh thanks again for inviting me this is a lot of fun guys i i appreciate it um and uh yeah you can find me on earth station one every week uh it's uh, earthstation1.com that's the podcast i do with uh director mike faber of the eso network uh we also do a couple of other podcasts earth station who as well as dragon con report dragon con's coming up we're going to record one more episode of that before the big event so uh if you want to know the latest news notes and tips uh and uh, suggestions please check out our our last episode of that and if you want to check out all my writings and comics and whatnot you can just go to newlegendmike.com all right and ryan uh yeah so you sadly won't find me at dragon con this year unless unless the fate suddenly changed somehow um uh feel free however to uh follow me on twitter which i never use uh instagram which i never use facebook i do get on you know once or twice a day so you can start something with me there if you want and i'll tell you why you're wrong um otherwise yeah check out geekstranger.com it's uh according to uh 
uh, GoDaddy, it is a website that is potentially worth eight hundred dollars. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just have to find someone to buy. What country's yeah. dollars? Yeah, <laughs> Atlantean dollars, <laughs> Monopoly dollars, of course. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh, you know, I, 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 I might take Monopoly money uh, or at least property. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, yeah, find me there. Otherwise, um, it's been a blast, and I'll see or see and listen to you on the next podcast. All right, and Tom. You can find me blurred PhD at Twitter and Instagram. And also you can check out my podcast screen, Tom, uh, that's screen like movie and Tom T H O M on anchor and Spotify. All right, Michael, Ryan, and Tom, thank you so much for being on the show this week. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. So that's it for our Superman and Lois discussion. What did you think? Do you like that Superman and Lois is no longer part of the Arrowverse? Do you think that it's going to get another season with everything that's going on at the CW and with Warner Discovery? You can let us know in a variety of different ways. One way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. Another way is to go to our website, 42cast.com, and leave a message on any of our episodes there. You can go to facebook.com slash 42cast. You can also message us on Twitter or Instagram at 42cast. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, and with Apple Podcasts, it really does help because the more reviews that we get, the more we will show up in searches. So if you have an Apple account and you haven't left us a review yet, we would really appreciate if you would do so. You can also help us out by going to the ESO Network Patreon. That is at patreon.com slash ESO Network. You get various perks for different tiers, and it helps all of the shows on the network. So if that sounds interesting to you, and if you have the funds to contribute, we'd really appreciate it. You can find me on two other podcasts. One is Time Streams, where my friend Juliet and I are going through all of Doctor Who from the beginning. You don't have to have the episodes to follow the Time Streams with us, because we explain everything that's important that happens in each story as we go. So if you just want to hear us banter, you just want to learn a little something about Classic Who, you can just watch, listen to the episode and you can get that. But if you have access to the episodes or if you want to buy the episodes and follow along with us, I think you'll get more out of it. So if that sounds interesting to you, that is Time Streams. The other show is Legendary Forces, and that's where Juliet and I again, but also joined by Joe, Ashley, and Corey, are going through all of Star Wars fictional media from the beginning. That's all the movies, comics, TV shows, novels, anything that takes place in the Star Wars universe. We'll review the content, we'll say whether we thought it was good or not, but then we're also going to talk about it in the context of the evolving Star Wars universe. So what did people think of that happened in the Star Wars universe and as more movies came out, more content came out, how that sort of evolved and changed over time. So if that sounds interesting to you, that is Legendary Forces. I don't have too much else to report on either TV shows or cons. Uh, I'm recording several of these outros right on top of each other, so just keep on following this space to uh, get more information with that. So that's it for this week. Join us back next week when Letitia Wright will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off.
You have been listening to the 42 Cast, copyright 2023. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42 Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.